Well, good morning, church. How you doing today? Come on. How many of y'all are you doing better now than when you came in? Come on. How many of y'all got enough room left inside you for the Word of God today? You excited? Come on. Courageous faith. Here we are, part seven. And we're, um, we're a little over halfway through um, the book of Joshua. We're, we've, so far, we've been going basically chapter by chapter today. If you're taking notes or you have your Bibles or you have something you're reading with, um, go to Joshua chapter 8. That's going to be our our text for the day, and we're going to have fun getting through this whole chapter today. You're going to be blessed, your faith's going to rise, and you're going to leave here encouraged. Tell me of y'all, that sounds like a good, good deal. Come on. Come on, come on. It's summertime. You know what time it is? Summer. It's time to play tennis. Come on, somebody. And uh, I really enjoy, uh, for those of you that don't know, I really enjoy playing tennis. I'm in a couple different leagues. Natalie and I play in a league as well together, and just really, really enjoy playing tennis. And, but one of the things with tennis, it's one of the things I really like about the game, and it's also the thing I really, really dislike about the game, in that it's so mental. It really is a mental game. I mean, it's not just physicality. It's not just, I, can, I, can, I have enough physical strength, I'm going to outman you. Like, there's so much finesse, and there's, there's gross motor and fine motor, and there's, there's finesse, and there's skill, and there's ways to hit. And, and I mean, it takes years to master this. And, and so it I, I never, never ceases to amaze me how, how much you can be up. You can be up a couple games, and, and then all of a sudden things can just turn around drastically. And you can go from being up like three games to being down three games just like that. Because it just it, it switches real fast. You just get mental. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, instructors that Natalie and I know, uh, she uh, goes to a lot of the international major tennis tournaments, and she was there when Serena Williams came off the court one time, and she was having trouble. She was struggling, and, and she heard her say, she said, she said, I just forgot how to serve. I mean, how can a professional tennis player win championships and they forget how to serve? I mean, it just seems like crazy. Like, how do you do that? But it's true. You, you, you can forget how to serve. I mean, you can, you can just go mental. You just lose it. And then, like, bef- before you know it, one point goes to the next point goes to the next point. As a matter of fact, one of the things that a lot of tennis players, if you ever watch, in between almost every point, a lot of them will turn around and they, they, they'll turn their back to their opponent and they catch their composure, and then they come back. And what they're doing is they're resetting between every point. You have to reset. You have to reset your mindset. You have to reset your body. You have to reset and focus on everything. You know, and even recently, I was, uh, I was in a match, and I was doing really well, got to the tiebreaker. It was the first person who gets 10 points. And, um, and before you know it, I was down 5-1. I was losing. And before you know it, I mean, it was like, I forget the match. I didn't want to win. I just wanted to get a point. I mean, how many of y'all like like you ever been there? Like, forget the whole like thing. I just want to get a point. Like, forget trying to win this whole week. I just want to get a day. Come on, am I in the right place? I just want to get somewhere. And so, and so then, you know, I battled my way back. And I mean, and just for the record, I came back and won. Of course, I brought that up because I won. If I would have lost, I wouldn't have brought it up. Come on. Like, y'all with me here? Come on. I, I wanted to wait to see how many people would ask me what happened in that match, and I'd tell you afterwards how I won. But I figured I'd just, I'd just do the spoiler alert right now. Come on. And, uh, and so what you have to do in tennis a lot, no matter if it's in tennis or life or in marriage or parenting 
or finances, every now and then you get to a place where you're losing and you have to reset. We got to reset. And then we have to remember who it is we serve, and, and we have to renew our commitments. Like, like I renew myself in, into, the, into the regular things. And so here's, listen, here's the big idea today. I just want to give you the big idea. You ready for it here? Joshua chapter 8. Here's the big, big idea. Here it is here. Um, I'm going to find it. It's on one of my pages. There it is. It's on somewhere here. There we go. Courageous faith rebounds from defeat by resetting to God's plan, remembering to give God thanks, in renewing your commitment to God. Listen, listen, courageous faith rebounds from defeat. Every now and then, we have defeat. How many of y'all can relate to that? I can relate to that. Every now and then, you take one on the chin in life, in whatever area you're in. But if we got to reset to God's plan, we have to remember to give God thanks and renew our commitment to God. That's what he is asking us to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this great group of people here today. God, they're hungry for you. They want to know you. They, they want to step out in courageous faith, God. God, I can sense their anticipation, God. And I pray, God, that they won't be disappointed by the revelation of Jesus, by the revelation of God, by the word of God coming alive today. So, God, I thank you for who they are. I thank you for who they're becoming. And I thank you, God, for a people who live out courageous faith. And if you believe in that prayer, just say amen. Amen. Come on. So here we are in Joshua chapter 8. In chapter 7 last week, if you weren't here, you need to go back and listen to that. Because of one man's sin, 36 men died, his family was destroyed, and all God's people were affected in a very negative way. He lost his life. And so they dealt with that sin, and, and, and God judged the sin there. And so now we're going to pick it up in Joshua, Joshua chapter 8. How do we regain lost ground? How do we rebound from defeat when we're in defeat? Are you ready for the Word of God today? Are you ready? Here we go. Verse 1. Then the Lord said to Joshua, who said it? Who said it? Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack Ai. That's the town that they just lost the battle in. He says, okay, now you're going to go back, and we're going to do this a different, we're going to do this a, a different way here. For I have given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you have destroyed Jericho and its king. By this time, but this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the town. So right in the midst, uh, right in the midst of, a, of a defeat, right in the midst of judging sin and they repented, now God says, don't be afraid, don't be fearful. I want to let you know there's always going to be a reason why you can have fear and why you can be discouraged. I believe that I'm speaking to a group of people today that it's easy to get into discouragement and fear. Am I, do you live in the same world I live in right now? 
It's easy. It's easy how good you can be doing one moment, but the next moment you slide in the other direction, and you slide into fear. You just slide into discouragement. But the first thing God says to, to Joshua, listen, listen, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I got this. You know what God's saying to some of you today? God's saying this right now to you. God's saying, I got this. I don't know what your this is, but God's saying, I got it. Aren't you glad that God got it? No, aren't you glad that God got it? See, there's always going to be a reason that you can have fear. And some people in this room today, I believe, that are having fear. And what we need is we need a hard reset. I'm going to reset my life. I'm going to reset to God's plan. God didn't just say, I got, a, I got a hope for you. I got a future for you. He said, no, I'm going to give you a plan. It's going to be a new plan. I want to let you know at Bridge City Church, we're not here to relive the olden days. We're not here to relive the good old days. We are moving forward to what God wants us to move forward to. We can't always do things the same way we did. We're going to do things a different strategy, a different way. But the Lord is saying, I'm with you. I'm going to... I got this. I've given you a land. I have given you this people. I have given you this plunder here. But the thing is, is we cannot move on to what God has for us unless we leave behind our hurt and pain. There are people in this room today that are dealing in hurt and pain, and you've lost the principles of God. You've lost principles. See, whenever you lose principles, that's a sign that your pain is overriding. You're overriding the principles of God. That's a sign. And there's people in this room today, you have hurt, you have pain, you have things going on in your life. And I believe God is saying, today is a day of healing. Today is a day to move forward. Are you ready to move forward, church? No, are you ready to move forward, church? See, we got to be willing to move forward. Even like when Pastor Eric gives an invitation, hey, we're going to believe God. And some of us are desperate for God to do something in our lives, Am I Right? But we're like, what if, I, what if I ask for God and what if I believe God and it doesn't happen? No, what if you don't believe God and that happens? No, well, no, like, no let's, let's not be fearful. Let's not be discouraged. Let's take a bold step forward and say, God, I'm not going to live in my past. I'm going to move forward. Here's two quotes for you. Two quotes right here for you. Failure is the tuition you pay for making progress. Fear is the price you pay for making progress. Two great quotes here. Listen, how many of y'all want to make progress? Well, then, welcome to the possibility for failure and fear. Come on. No, I'm serious. Like, that, that, that's what we're saying. There's going to be a chance to fail. There's going to be a chance for fear. But God is speaking to us right now. If we want courageous faith, God is speaking to your heart right now. God is challenging you. God is watering your soul. God is speaking the word of God to your heart right now where you are and saying, listen, you've got to leave the past, the past. Let's move forward to what God has for us. Am I in the right place today? See, if we're going to reset, we have to be willing to, 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 to like say, I'm, I'm going to give it all to God. I'm all in. I'm going to forsake fear, forsake discouragement. I, I, I saw this uh, just actually yesterday. I was on a t-shirt. Great theology comes from t-shirts. It said 365 days. 365 new beginnings. How many of y'all believe God that his mercies are new every morning? 
New every morning. That's what His mercies are. They're new every morning. They're new for you and they're new for me. And that's what it is. It's a devotion to saying, I want to discover and uncover the mercies of God in my life. Every person in this room right now that can hear my voice is a story about God's mercy and grace. Am I right? That's why, ladies, you gotta, you got to write down this date, uh, Tuesday, August 8th. Tuesday, uh, Tuesday August 8th. Ladies, you got to write this down. It's girls' night here. Listen, you gotta, you got to register. There's a QR code there. you got to get that in there. Register. Sign up. Because the ladies of the church are going to discover the mercies of God. And they're going to be rising up as the women of God and take their rightful place with God. Where's my ladies out there? Where's the, where, where are you at? Man, that was not good there. Come on. Uh, come on. I mean, there'll be ice cream. There'll be fun. Come on. Do something. Get, come on. Like, come on. You got to sign up here. Come on. It's all about the devotion of God. It's hearts of devotion. It's hearts that are set towards God. It's hearts that are set, separated for God. It's going to be right here, ladies. You can't miss it. Because it's going to uncover the mercies of God in your life on a day-by-day basis. How many of you ladies have too much mercy of God in your life? You just have too much and God's got to stop it. Just for those listening at home, nobody raised their hand. Okay, oh, I thought I, thought I saw a couple of hands. Oh, it's, it's rising. Come on. It's going up. Come on. But that's what it's about. It's about hearts of devotion. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about here. It's new beginnings. In verse 2 here. Verse 2, you got to catch this. God said when you take over AI now, you can have all the livestock, all of their things. You can keep the plunder for yourself. In Jericho, remember back in Jericho, Joshua chapter 6, God said you can't touch anything. That's what got Achan in a, in, in a problem. He, he took things that belonged to God. What if Achan would have just waited for God's timing and not took it upon himself? What if Achan would have just waited just two chapters later, he could have probably had more than he took and hid under his tent? What I'm trying to tell you this today, let's not take things into our own hands. Let's not grab a hold of it ourselves. Let's wait for God's plan. Let's wait for God's timing. God has a timing. God has a plan for courageous faith that rebounds from defeat. We're not going back. We're going forward. Are you with me now? But what we have to be willing to do is be offensive. Now, some people are very offensive all on their own. That's not the kind of offensive I'm talking about. We have to be willing to be offensive and not just, we got to stop playing to lose. I believe I'm speaking to hearts right now. Right now, there's people in this room right now. People in this room, you're just playing not to lose. You're playing to get by. You're playing just, oh, I don't want to make a mistake. You're, you're playing in fear. And God's speaking to you today and saying that no longer are you going to play not to lose. We're going to play to win. I never play my best tennis when I'm playing not to lose. I play weak, I play defensive, I'm not, I'm not going for it. And what I believe God is saying to people today, it's time to be offensive. It's time to step up. It's time to step in to the promises of God with courageous faith. That's what he's speaking to you right now. Can you feel God speaking to your heart right now? Are you feeling encouraged by the Word of God? Is the Word of God speak, being spoken to you right now? I'm telling you, hearts are beginning to grow, even now. So we have God's plan. we got to reset to God's plan. And then we have, we're going to be offensive. 
But let me read to you a couple more verses here. God gave him a plan. But let's look at Joshua the leader. Joshua the leader, let me read to you in verse 10. Verse 10. Just listen to this. For those of you that are reading along in your Bibles there, verse 10. Early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and started toward Ai, accompanied by the elders of Israel. Listen, over and over and over, Joshua did not function on his own. We see all through the chapter, he was with leaders, he was with elders, he was with the chiefs, he was with everybody. He, he worked through a system. God wants us to be a part of a system. He wants us to be under that authority. That's alignment. You can't reset and be out of alignment. you got to be in alignment to God's will. you got to be in alignment to the call. Are you with me here? So he was in alignment. He was with a team of people here. And then in verse 11, all the fighting men. Now, where's my fighting men at? Wow, that was weaker than the ladies. Come on, where's my, where's my fighting men at? At least raise your hand. At least here. Thank you. Thank you. You are a fighting man. Come on. All the fighting men who were with Joshua marched in front of the town and camped on the north side of Ai with a valley behind them. You know, God is calling, just like the ladies at that girls' night, they're going to be hearts of devotion. I believe God is going to speak to the men about stepping up and stepping out and getting out in front because that's what God has created you to be. I'm not speaking anything to the negative. I'm just speaking in this season. God's saying, where's the mighty men? I'm going to cause you to step out beyond yourself, beyond where you are right now, beyond what you feel like you can do, beyond your own strength. God wants, God's looking for men to step up and lead strong. Am I in the right place right now? Come on. So guys, you got to get registered too. So Joshua, he was with his men. That's what I want to point out here. He was with them, and actually, he was out in front of them. There it is. He, 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 that, that, that's where he was in verse 13. So, so there it is. So they stationed the main army north of the town and the ambush west of the town. Joshua himself spent the night in the valley. So Joshua was with his men. He was out in front with his men. Right, men? Men? Oh, guys, you got to help me here. Come on, somebody. But listen, it says that he was, in, he was in the valley in the midst of darkness. There's people in this room right now. You're in the valley of darkness. You're in the middle of the night in your season with God. There's people in the room right now, you feel like it's dark. You feel like you're in a valley. You feel like it can't get any lower, and it's dark. And God is saying, I got this. I got you right where I want you. See, you may be, I didn't say the valley of the shadow of death, by the way. I said, you're in the midst of a dark valley. And in the midst of a dark valley... God has you. God has you there. God's positioned you because early in the morning, you're going to rise up. See, if we want the mercies of God that are new every morning, if we want a hope and a future, we got to go through the dark valley. Now listen, when you hear a word like that, I'm going to help you right now. I'm trying to help you. When you hear something, is God speaking to your heart right now? Is God speaking to your heart right now? I'm asking a serious question. 
When God speaks something to you and something inside comes alive, something that the Word of God, the Word of God comes alive, when we say amen, that's not courtesy to the preacher of good preaching. What you're saying is yes and amen, so be it. What you're saying is I'm going to grab a hold of that because that's something for my life right now. So when God speaks something to you, when you say amen, what you're saying is, so be it. Let it be so. Oh, listen, that's for me. Are you hearing something that's for you today? No, see, I know I'm trying to help you. I, I, listen, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get a, like a, a courtesy, way to go, preacher. You know, like, no, no, no. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes God is speaking. He's trying to give courageous faith. He's trying to get the word of God alive in us, but it passes over us because we don't grab a hold of it. So we grab a hold of it when we say, listen, you're in a dark place. You're in a valley right now, but God has morning coming for you. Not morning as woe, uh, morning, but morning time where the sun comes up and his mercies are new every morning. How many of y'all need that word? No, how many of y'all need that word? See, you say, amen, so be it. You grab a hold of it. You say, I want that. I, I need that in my life. That's how we receive the word of God. See, many people come to church, and they think that it's supposed to, that the, the pastor's supposed to make us smarter. I'm not here to make you smart. I'm here to give you wisdom. Know what to do with the word of God. Listen, I'm here to help you take the Word of God and get it in your life so you can apply it in your everyday life. And you can leave here because you're going to need courageous faith Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and actually next Sunday too. Come on. See, that's what it is. It's the Word of God coming alive. But we have to reset and say, God, you have a plan. You have a better plan than me. It doesn't matter if this is for your marriage or for your finances or for your parenting or for your workplace or for the people you work with or the people on the PTA with you or the soccer club or wherever you is. Wherever you is. We need to hit a reset. God, I need your plan. God, we need, I need your plan. Come on, no, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you say, listen, I, I don't just want to be passive with the Word of God. I'm going to dive in. I need the Word of God. Today is a new day, and hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. The Word of God is the strategy. God giving direction, being in alignment with His leadership is a strategy. That is where it is. The leaders, the elders, and we're going to read more about them in just a little bit here. So God is speaking. God's directing. They took 30,000 men into battle. Okay? And listen, guys, men out there, you're going to love this. Okay? You're about to read some verses. You're going to say, about time we read some verses like this. Where's my men? Okay, yeah. Let's, let's read together 28 and 29. So Joshua burned the town of Ai. Yeah, we need some more like Sunday school messages like this. Come on. He burned the whole town of Ai, and it became a permanent mound of ruins. Evil needs to be removed. No, no. Evil needs to be removed. Okay? It doesn't need to be tolerated. 
So they burned a town and desolate to this very day. Joshua and Paul, the king of Ai, on a sharpened pole. Yeah, now we're talking. Hung him on a tree. Now, some, like, see, see, if you just get to, like, well, God is love, and he just wants us all to get along, you should read the Old Testament. No, and I'm not saying we should hurt anybody. The New Testament says, you know, love, and there's grace, and there's a different power. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about is we have this, we have this thinking in Jesus' church right now that evil should be tolerated and that it's all okay. Evil should bother us. No, I'm, I'm talking about real evil. I'm not talking about somebody took your parking place. When somebody takes your parking place, you should park farther away. I'm giving you a word. No, no see, we're confusing things. Evil. And I'm, I'm going to confess something to you. My wife and I were watching a, a, a movie the other night, and something happened in the movie I didn't see, ha- didn't see coming. It was about, it, was about um, it looked like they were, they were sex trafficking and, and women in that moment. And I'm just telling you, something, ca- it, it just bothered me. Oh, it, I, I didn't see it. I didn't know that was about. And just something came out of me. I said, oh, he needs to pay. I, I, I wish I was more holy. I'm, see, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. No, it was a movie. It wasn't, I wasn't wishing, cursing a real person. I was just like, something bothered me. Do you know what's, when evil's being done to good people, and good people are suffering, it should bother us. No, something inside should bother us. Are you there? But we get desensitized to it. We read this story and they, they hung him until till morning, and then they threw him out of the gate and put rocks on him, and there was a heap of rocks, and, 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 they, and when this was written, to this day, they were like, look what happens. That's, I'm just reading the Bible to you. Guys, isn't that a good story? No, and, but, but, but it messes with our concepts. It messes with our concepts of who God is and, why, and how, how, well, we don't, have, we don't have sin. We just have issues and we have situations and we have, we, we have situations that we can define. No, the word of God calls certain things a sin. We should call it sin and we should deal with it accordingly. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking about appalling people. Please, hear my heart. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to show us that in the Old Testament, there were serious things God dealt with in the story of Joshua to God's plan. We have to be willing to reset to his plan. This is a cycle that, is ha- that keeps happening over and over and over in God's people in the Old Testament. Let's read it together. Obedience followed by victory. Victory follows blessing. Then blessing followed pride and disobedience. Disobedience followed by defeat. Defeat followed by judgment. Judgment followed by repentance. Repentance followed by obedience. Obedience followed by victory. And the cycle continues. Listen, I want to break the cycle. This is, the, this is a cycle. If you read the Old Testament, and this is like a recurring theme over and over and over. God's people do really well, and they enjoy God's blessings. They get prideful. They get disobedient, then God has to judge it, then they repent, and then there's defeat, God judge it and repent. Come on, are you with me? 
But God makes a way, and that's what we're going to get to next. Because courageous faith rebounds from defeat by resetting to God's plan and remembering to give God thanks. Verse 30, then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal. He followed the commands that Moses, the Lord's servant, had written in the book of instruction. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with iron tools. Then on the altar they presented burnt offerings. Everybody say burnt offerings. And peace offerings. Say peace offerings. And as the Israelites watched, Joshua copied onto the stones of the altar the instructions Moses had given him. So here we go. They made, they made a trek here. They remembered to give God thanks. Okay, there's burnt offerings and peace offerings. The burnt offerings, they made a sacrifice. And the, and the burnt offerings were a symbol of complete consecration to God. Completely consecrated. Set apart from the world. Set apart for God. Do you know that God has created you to be set apart from the world before Him? God has created each and every man and woman in this room to be set apart for Him. That's what God's created you to be. I think that's good stuff. So there's, there's the burnt offerings, and then there's peace offerings. Peace offerings symbolize commitment, fellowship with God. It's a commitment. See, they remembered God. The first thing they did was they, 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 had, some, they had some offerings. Well, let me read these next couple verses about renewing our commitment, and then let me unpack it for you. Verse 33, then all the Israelites, how many of them? All the Israelites, foreigners and native-born alike, along with the elders, officers, and judges, were divided into two groups. So they split up into two groups. Again, leadership, elders, leaders, and all the people. Later on, it says all the women, all the children. When it says all, that was a lot of all right there. One group stood in front of Mount Gerizim, and the other in front of Mount Abal. Each group faced the other, and between them stood the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. This was all done according to the commands that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously given for blessing the people of Israel. Verse 34, Joshua then read to them all the blessings and and curses Moses had written in the book of instruction. Every word of every command that Moses had ever given was read to the assembly. The blessings and the curses. Let me tell you what happened. They just had, they just, they just had a great victory. They rebounded. Wouldn't you say they rebounded pretty well? Right? They rebound pretty well? And so then they marched somewhere between 20 to 30 miles to, to, to this place. Shechem was in between this, the, these two mountains here. That, that's what it was. And um, i got to make sure I get this right. Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal here. So, so there's, there's two different mountains. So, they, so they, they went because in Deuteronomy 27 and 28, Moses gave very specific instructions what to do when they were at this place. So Joshua was fulfilling Moses' decree in the book of instruction said, when you get there, this is what you do, okay? So Joshua, being the wise leader he was, did exactly what they said. 
we're going to march and we're going to go to the place where God has led us, right here, okay? Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, okay? One was 800 feet, one was 1,000 there on the right. You could actually see not all, but a lot of the promised land from the top of here. So they, they split up into two groups. Half of them went up one side. Half of them went up the other. And what they were doing is I believe God was giving us a significant picture of what he wanted to do here. Now they were renewing their commitment to the Lord. Joshua read all the blessings and all the curses in the book of instruction. Did he or did he not? Okay, follow this now. Okay, now y'all going to help me now. Okay, y'all ready to help? Okay, how many of y'all are afraid? Okay, last time you asked for help, people had to march around. All these times up front here. Okay, you're not going to march. You're just going to help me out. Now, Mount Gerizim is a mount that represented the, like the blessings of God. So everybody on this mountain over here, can you stand up for me on this mountain? All you're going to do is stand up. You're not going to march. You're going to have to recite anything. You're just going to stand up, okay? You're the mountain of blessing. You're the half the people that got there. The mount of blessing right here, okay? You people in the middle, you get this. You're in the valley. You're in the valley of Shechem. You're the priest with the Ark of the Covenant. And so you're like, we get to sit in the valley. Come on, there we go. Now you over here, I'm getting this right here, the Mount Ebal here, you're going to stand up over here. Okay, you're going to stand up. It's just stand. All you're going to do is just stand up. That's all you're going to do. And now we're going to do exactly what they said in the verse. You're going to look across the valley at the mountain. Now look across the valley. All you're going to do is look across the valley. Yeah, there are good looking people over there. Come on, just wave to them. Wave to them over there. Hey, what's going on? Oh, hey, how's the weather over in Gerizim? Yeah, you know. And so there's, there's blessing and cursings here, so, and there's a valley in between. What this created, I've never been in Israel, but many people who have said that this created a natural amphitheater where, where literally it created where they could, they, they could hear each other back and forth. Okay, if you read about it, it's very, it's very, very refreshing. It's astounding that they could actually yell back and forth all this distance apart. It's, it's really amazing. I want to let you know that we're going to be gathering at an amphitheater in Monroeville real soon, August 6th. There you go. And it's not going to be Mount Gerizim or Mount Ebal, but it's going to be the Mount of Tall Trees Amphitheater. Come on, there we go. Tall Trees, August 6th. And I want to let you know that there's going to be animals there but we're not going to have burnt offerings of animals, just for the record. Okay, we're not going to do that. There will be food trucks, but not burnt animals. So mark, mark that date down. You're going to want information. Okay, but just stay standing here. Okay, and um, so here we have the Mount Gerizim. What's so significant about this is that right beyond Shechem, right beyond there, is the town Samaria. Some of you may remember in the New Testament, there's the Samaritans found in the New Testament. You remember the, the Samaritans? At, there was a woman at the well in John chapter 4 that, that Jesus was, was in Shechem when he was talking. The, this significance of Shechem here goes back, goes back even to Genesis 6, Genesis 12. It's very significant, the wells that were, that were dug there. So this is very significant. Isn't the Bible cool? Now, the Bible is like this really cool book, this story that, just, that is just so, so cool. And so here, here they find, and so God brings them to this place. The Ark of the Covenant is in the middle with the priest. The Ark of the Covenant represents the, the presence of God. So the, you people in the middle, you have to look real holy. Okay, some of you look joyful. Some look like the Prune Juice Revival, somewhere in between. I don't know. I just, 
okay, you're, you're the holy ones, okay? You've got the presence of God, the ark of God, the, the, the rod that budded, the, the, the commandments, and the mercy of God. Come on. Let's hear it for the priests. Come on. There you go. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're just, you're in the valley. It's all good. You're right where God wants you to be. Okay. And then over here is Mount Gerizim. As a matter of fact, the woman at the well, when she said, should we, should we worship on this mountain? She was referring to this. She was referring to a place of the goodness and the blessings of God. Now, what's interesting on a Mount, on Mount Abal over here is where they did the sacrifices. Interesting that in a place of that this represented the curse and the destruction of God. That's what this mount represents here. Okay, it, why didn't God put his, uh, put his offerings where there's blessing over there? Could it be, it's about to get good. Could it be that in the place of destruction and curses, God builds an offering and builds a sacrifice so that Okay, so that Jesus, that points to Jesus, so that we start on the valley of, of, of defeat, on the valley of curses, on the valley of destruction. We have to go through the valley of curses and destruction, and what we do then is we cross the bridge over to the valley of blessing. And we want the blessings of God, but the blessings of God don't come until we cross the bridge. And yes, we all start in defeat. We start in the curses. We start in the destruction because that's where he remembers the word. But he sends us across the bridge into the blessings of God. See, many people want the blessings. They want the good things. They want all the promises, but they don't want the sacrifices, the burnt offerings, the peace offerings that were there. And it all points to Jesus. It all points to him. And so this is what they did. Now look at each other. Look, don't look at me. Look at each other. Look across the valley. So what they did is Joshua would read the blessings, and he would read the cursings. And what happened, many scholars believe this is how it happened. It's not clearly in the text, but it does say that they were all there, and they were all reading. So when he would read one of the blessings of God, they would shout the blessings of God from Gerizim to Ebal, and, and, and as they would shout that, they would say amen. So they would yell the blessings, and you would yell, amen. and then they would yell, listen, if you, if you do this disobedience, you're going to be cursed, and they would yell, amen. okay, then they would yell another blessing of God from the book of instruction, which is Exodus, and in the first five books of the Bible, and they would yell them, and they would yell, and then they would yell back, this is what happens if you're cursed, if you disobey, and you don't do what God wants. And they would say, Amen. real loud, like you mean it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give yourselves a big hand. You can be seated there. Come on up, team. Yeah, are, you, are, you, are you tracking this? What this is, is this a, is this is a picture of, listen, we may mess up. We may be in defeat. We may be living in disobedience, but God has made a sacrifice, and his name is Jesus. And no matter what we do when we suffer defeat, there's a way back to the blessings of God. And, but, we don't want, but we can't get the blessings of God unless we receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. If we try to do it without the sacrifice, that's called humanism. That's called self-value. That's called I have enough knowledge on my own to make it on my own. We don't value humanism. We've, we value divine intervention, and his name is Jesus. 
that provides and makes a way for us to have a life with him. So courageous faith rebounds from defeat. It rebounds from defeat when we reset to God's plan. We remember to worship God. We remember his word. We go back to his word, and then we renew our commitment to God. I, wow, this, this does point. Everything points to what we call the bridge to life. That bridge that we cross over. The word of God, the bridge. This is what it is. This is why God put Bridge City Church on the planet. Is to make heaven bigger and hell smaller. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. To turn us who were far away, who struggled and have been have, have suffered some defeats along the way. My, my life is far from perfect. But God made a way so I can cross every single time. I think that's a good deal. So we all start off created by God and with God in the image of God. And while we were still sinners, God sent Jesus. But over here, we all sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you see the picture in Joshua chapter 8, which is foreshadowing Jesus? It's all pointing to Jesus. Gagal, the place of curses where Jesus died. Mount Olivet, the place he's going to return to. We want to return, but we don't want to sacrifice. There can't be a return without the sacrifice. And so we've all sinned, but Jesus died once for all, and he, he made a way. So if we cross over that bridge to God, now we live according to his way, and he gives us the power to do it. He doesn't leave us on our own. Isn't that pretty cool? Look around the room. He gave you a group of people to do it with. Isn't that good? We don't have to do this alone. We can do it with people. Could you stand to your feet with me? How many of y'all heard God today? How many of y'all encouraged today? Come on, are you encouraged in your heart today? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this room right now. I thank you, Lord God, that you're moving us into obedience. I thank you, God, you're moving us in courageous faith, Lord God. You're moving us by your word. You're moving us by who you are. Thank you, God, for Joshua chapter 8. Thank you, God, for a courageous people. Thank you, God, that the people before me right now, that you've created to live in victory and you've created to live, Lord God, in great, great faith. If you're here today, I don't know where you are with God, but if you don't have a day, a moment, or a time that you became a follower of Jesus, not just an acknowledger, but we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, you too shall be saved if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is the only way to heaven. If you're here today, and you would like Jesus to be your forgiver and your leader, I just want you right now in this moment, you and God, just, just slip up your hand. We'll pray for you right where you are. Heavenly Father, just say, man, that's me. I got to do this today. It's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Just keep your hands. Just say, between you and God, I'm not going to have you come up. I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, forgive me. I've missed the mark. Come on, out loud. I've missed the mark. Come on, say it. I've sinned. 
Forgive me, Father. Be my forgiver, Jesus. Be my leader, Jesus. I want to be a follower of you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just taught you how to lead somebody to Christ. It's that simple. Thank you. Let's give God a great big hand. Let's give God a great, 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 great big hand. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord. Now, if you raised your hand, somebody's going to come up to you, and they're just going to say, hey, can I pray with you? They're just going to want to seal the deal. They just, because you know why? You know how we do that? We value people. We value people. We love people, and we value people, and we honor people, and just want to pray, because each and every one of you here today is special before God. You're you're called before God. You have a plan. God has a plan for your life and has an anointing for your life. How many of y'all believe that? Come on, do you believe that? I believe that with all my heart. That's what we want to see happen now in your life. So the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And we're just going to allow this song. Um, we're just going to go back into just worship mode just for a little bit. And then Pastor Eric's going to come up and close us up. Just a little bit here. Come on. And we're just going to say, God, we're going to go back to that song. One breath, one voice, one life. Lord God, here I am. Here I am, found in your presence. Come on, do you want to be found in God's presence? I don't know where you are with God, but just open up your hands to him right now. This is how we worship. It's just, it's just surrender to God. You can start here. You can go here. You can just go full touchdown mode. You do whatever you want. Come on, just let's worship him. Come on, let's just honor him in this moment. Come on.